What a crazy week it's been at Talk SA headquarters this week. Uh, from myself, Brad Brown, thank you for listening to Try Talk SA this week. Uh, a busy, busy show, I can tell you. There's been lots going on behind the scenes, and I'll tell you uh, a little bit about that shortly as well. Uh, but just to tell you who is on the show this week, very, very excited. Uh, jam-packed, as I said, we've got uh, Gillian Sanders, who raced last weekend in London at the Grand Finale of the ITU World Series. We chatted to her, also caught up with uh, Rudolf Nordier, who raced in the under-23s at that same event, also had a quick catch-up with Rudolf. And then uh, after last week's episode of Try Talk SA, which if you haven't listened to it yet, very, very inspiring. Uh, some amazing guests on last week. I've got another one for you this week. Q Labata, who has got uh, a pretty fascinating story when it comes to triathlon. This interview was done a few weeks ago, actually, and I've just been battling to find a place to put it in. It's just been so busy the last few weeks here on Try Talk SA. So this week, uh, a slightly longer show. Also this week on Try Talk SA, I caught up with Reynard Tissink, and not for Try Talk SA, but for one of our sister podcasts, Run Talk SA. I'll have a snippet of that interview uh, later on in the show, and you can find out exactly what Reynard is up to on this episode of Try Talk SA. Also, just a heads up, one of the reasons we've been so busy behind the scenes this week at Talk SA headquarters is uh, we've been changing a couple of things with regards to the website, trytalksa.co.za. Uh, the biggest change is the playout system. We've migrated across to SoundCloud, which was a mission in itself. Just uh, a lot of work to do, which we've managed to, to get done. So if you do listen to this podcast on the website, uh, what it does is it just makes it easier for you to listen to it on the site. It also gives you a great opportunity to share the podcast if you'd like on social media networks. Uh, you can also download it straight from the player. Uh, and also, if you have a blog or a website that's uh, triathlon-related, or not necessarily triathlon-related, if you if you hear a podcast that you'd like to share with people, you can actually embed the code and get that player on your website as well. And you can actually have uh, the podcast play directly uh, from your site, just as you would a YouTube video. So that's pretty exciting from our point. Uh, the other thing you can do too is if you... Uh, have an Android device. Uh, in the past, we've only catered pretty much for, for Apple downloads through iTunes, but through SoundCloud, there is an app for Android as well. Uh, you can listen to and follow Try Talk SA on SoundCloud, and you can get uh, the new episodes as they come out. You can listen to them through your mobile device that way as well. So it's all pretty exciting. I need to ask you a massive favor too. Speaking of bloggers and, and triathletes here in South Africa, if you know of an average, ordinary, everyday uh, triathlete who's blogging their journey uh, through triathlon. I'd love to hear about them. I'm putting together a bit of a, a list of who's blogging uh, from a South African perspective when it comes to triathlon, and I would love your input. So if you know of someone, I've got quite a few already, uh, but send them through. If you know of someone who is blogging or if you blog, let me know. I'd love to uh, check your blog out, and who knows, you might be added to that list as well. I'd love to share your details uh, with our listeners here on Try Talk SA. So without further ado, I'm rambling on enough. Let's get straight into this week's show. We've had an amazing time here on Try Talk SA from, from when we launched and, and some of the athletes that we've chatted to over, over the last couple of months. And we've got another great South African triathlete uh, on the show this week. Jill Sanders, welcome on to Try Talk SA all the way from London. Yes, thanks for having me. Um, I hope the weather's better there than what it is here. <laughs> another, another beautiful summer's day in London, I'm taking it. Yes, pouring rain, delightful. Um, <laughs> but I can't complain, we've had an awesome summer, so I guess we're having our, our horrible weather now. 
Jill, is, is, is London home for you as a, as a European base? Um, yes, it is. Um, it's obviously very accessible to all the European races. Um, I've, my coach is British, so he's based here. So this is where I train and base myself out of for the European summer and then just fly over to all the races in Europe, which is really handy. It makes it a little bit easier traveling to the races in Europe, I guess. We've just come out of uh, the grand finale of the ITU World Series in London this weekend. Tell us a little bit about uh, about that weekend, Jill. Yes, it was the grand final of the World Triathlon Series. Um, it's basically eight or nine race series, and um, it culminates with the final, which was held in London this year, which um, was obviously at the Olympic venue from last year's 2012 games. So it was quite exciting. I think there were like 8,500 age groupers or something. And then um, as elites were also racing. So it was a fantastic couple of days of racing here in London. And and on the Olympic course as well, I might add, I mean, you you, you, you were there for the Olympics in, in 2012. Uh, sort of memories that you've got of those Olympics coming into this weekend? Yes, definitely. I mean... That Olympics was amazing. I finished 19th um, out of 55 girls. And just the atmosphere in Hyde Park on that day last year was something I'll never forget. It still gives me goosebumps thinking back to it now. So to go back this weekend um, and be in the same spot racing on that course, it was just really exciting and just brought back so many good memories. That is, is very, very cool. And your race this weekend, I mean, you've, let's be honest, you haven't had the greatest <laughs> of seasons, but not from performance-wise, just from luck-wise. I mean, you, you've had a couple of injuries that were, 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 were kicked into you, if you want to put it that way. You've also come off the bike this season. It hasn't been the greatest, but, but probably if you look at a four-year cycle from Olympic to Olympics, it's probably not the worst year to have a bad year in, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Um, I felt like I was in really good form coming into the year, going into San Diego, and unfortunately my back wheel jammed um literally 100 meters into the bike and i had to abandon the race so that was the start of my season um i then fractured a rib in hamburg came off in stockholm so you're right i didn't i haven't had much luck this year but insofar as the greater scheme of things is concerned it is a bit of a nothing year um next year the olympic qualification cycle starts again so i'd rather have had all of that happen to me now um and I think it also makes you a bit stronger as well. Uh, like a few bad things happen to you, you want to bounce back, you want to prove that you are capable of pulling out really good results. So I'm hoping to have a great winter's training and to bounce back next year. And then Jill, how do you, I mean, as an elite athlete, I mean, I mean, you, you probably used to, when you were racing here doing really well, all of a sudden you're on, on a bigger stage there, so the competition's a lot more, and you, you are used to sort of finishing top 20 and that sort of thing. How do you deal with disappointment like you've had this year, where it's a case of where it's not performance issues, it's just bad luck? It's really tough, but you can't really dwell on it too much, and I think we're quite lucky because once one race is done, we basically have to start preparing and focusing for the next race. So how I've dealt with it, obviously there's been a lot of tears and disappointment because you really build yourself up um, psychologically as well as from a training perspective going into races and you're all hyped up and excited to race. And when something silly happens, like, um, for example, a crash or, or a mechanical, it can be very, very obviously disheartening and you can feel <laughs> very cross and down. But basically, you can't dwell on it. You just have to get up, dust yourself off, and look to the next race. Um, we're professionals, and these things happen in our racing. So you have to just 
get on with it and go out there and just train and try and do your best in the next race and, and keep going and as far as triathlon as a sport i mean how did how did you get involved in in, in the sport of triathlon um well i lived in peter Maritzburg and grew up there um my family was really really active my dad um my dad he um uh, basically participated in triathlons from quite a young age and he used to travel to loads of um, places all over the world which was awesome we would come back with all these stories about people that he had met and all these places that he had been to so yeah just my sister and I we always used to swim and run quite a lot and it was just a matter of picking up the cycling which we did and um, yeah just got into triathlon that way basically through my dad okay so it's uh, i mean it helps having a an active family and being around the sport and that's what i'm probably loving about triathlon as a sport now probably back then it wasn't as big as it is now here in south africa it's still not a massive massive sport but it, but if I, I look at races that you go to every weekend there's more and more kids running around while while dad or mom's out there on on, on the route and and that's just a cool way for kids to to sort of get introduced to the sport and and, and get them involved and a lot of the the races have now got kiddies races where where the kids can can do their own little triathlon and that that's a great way to start isn't it yeah, South Africa is perfect. It's got such awesome weather and such like an outdoor lifestyle. Um, it's just, it's great for children to be active and it's just something that we need to encourage. Um, we need to make sure we continue with these children's races. It's just a pity that, that our main series that we used to have um, is not on the calendar anymore, the old um, Energade series, the BSG series. That's no longer. So I'm just hoping that um, sponsors and corporates out there can come forward and put on more races and encourage children to get into the sport because at the moment it's basically the races that we're lacking. So we've got Richard Murray and people like Henry Schumann and Kate, um, people to look up to and really world-class athletes. And the country is definitely capable of producing world-class athletes. So we just need to hope that sponsors are willing to come forward and sponsor races so that children can get involved. Yeah, there's some good youngsters coming through as well. You look at a guy like Vian Sulvalt. Uh, I mean, he's just also uh, burst onto the scene and, and, and promises great things from a South African p uh, point of view. And then, Jill, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned uh, sort of heading into winter now in London. How do you deal with, with winter training when the weather's really horrible? Like, uh, and I'm saying that we're we lucky. You, you are right. We're so lucky here in SA because uh, unless you live in the Western Cape, Joburg, you can train right, right the way through winter. Uh, how, do you, how do you cope with it? Oh, goodness me. I don't know. <laughs> it is really tough, but I suppose what keeps me going is the fact that they're people like the Brownlee brothers and you know that they don't go away and train in a hot country. They're up north in Leeds, which is even worse than London. They're training in awful weather. So it's just a matter of, I think it makes you quite tough. Um, the race conditions this weekend were awful and a lot of people got hypothermia and were really cold. Um, but if you live and train in all conditions, then I think it prepares you for racing. So it's quite different as well because we do have the right kit here. So it's just a matter of putting on the right clothes. And if it is cold, you basically just get on with it. Or if it's really, really bad, then spend a lot of time doing turbo sessions, that type of thing. Swimming's not a problem. Running's not a problem. It's just the cycling. Mm. If it is, If there is ice on the roads or things like that, then you just have to make a plan and and cycle indoors. 
And then looking ahead to the future, Jill, this year you said was a bit of a, a nothing year as far as Olympic sort of cycles go. Uh, Rio 2016, is that is that the long-term goal for you? Definitely. Obviously, we've got the Commonwealth Games coming up next year, first first up, which I'd love to qualify for. That's in August um, in Glasgow. Um, yeah, obviously, this year I would have liked to have done well, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to, but... The long-term goal is Rio, so qualification for that kicks off next year. Um, yeah, and in between the Commonwealth Games, I've never obviously been to a Commonwealth Games, so I'd love to to qualify for that. Um, yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> and, it's, and it's in the UK. I mean, it's in Scotland, so it's not too far to travel either, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's quite handy. It's kind of just up the road, mm. but the weather could also be dreadful. <laughs> you never know with Scotland. Um so, yeah, hopefully they can put on a good show there. Yeah, absolutely. And then as, as far as sort of really, really long-term goals go, I mean, how long, how long do you still reckon you've got in the sport? I know you, you studied law. Uh, I mean, we all know that, that life at, at the top, being a professional athlete, it's never going to last forever. How, how many more years do you reckon you've still got in you? Um, it is really tough. And age-wise, um, obviously the girls that kind of go all the way up to 38, 40 years old, um, which is definitely the upper end. I would say the age that most female triathletes peak is late 20s, early 30s, where which is where I am at the moment. So I'd say it's likely that I'll give it this last Olympic cycle and probably retire after Rio. I'll be 34 um, when Rio comes around. And I'd obviously like to look at having a family and stuff. So um, the biological clock will start to tick by then too. So yeah, I reckon Rio would be a, a great um, time and spot to to retire. Um, obviously, I'd I think I'd like to stay involved in the sport though in other ways to contribute. So we'll see whether I'll carry on with the legal career or whether there'll be something triathlon involved before that Um yeah, we'll see in the next few years. Yeah. Well, we look we look forward to to following your progress over the next three years in in the build up to to Rio and and yeah, we'll be holding thumbs that everything goes well in the build up to the Commonwealth Games as well. It will be awesome to have you representing us there uh, at those games too. Thanks, Brad, and thanks so much for having me on the show. And yeah, look forward to to listening to all your podcasts in the future. It's a great new new thing that you've got going. Thanks. Try Talk USA, it was a massive weekend this past weekend in London. We chatted to Jill Sanders uh, on the show this week as well. She raced in London in the elites, and someone who raced in the under-23s was Rudolf Ndia. Rudolf, welcome on to Try Talk SA, just back in SA uh, after a weekend in London. Uh, how are you feeling after the weekend? Uh, not too bad, just a bit tired from the one on the plane, but everything's going well to that. Tell, tell me a little bit about the race this weekend, Rolf. What was it like? I mean, uh, I chatted to Jill a short while ago just, just about the, 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 the race in London this weekend, and she was saying how awesome it was to race on the Olympic route again. For you this weekend, seeing, seeing that route and, 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 and watching it last year, I mean, was, was it pretty cool racing that same, same course? Yeah, like I had a general idea on the TV, watching on the TV how the race went and what the surrounding area was around it, but when you're actually there, you like just before because we did a swim warm up just before the race, and then you actually just like feel wow, the Olympics fam here. I'm swimming here, I'm cycling here, and running where they did, and they did so phenomenal on the Olympics. So it was quite 
like an emotional event from that point of view. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and as far as the race itself goes, how, how did how did you fare? Rudolf, how, how, how was it for you? It was, I felt good in the swim. We hit the ground swim really fast. So, and we battled a bit in the swimming, especially on the ways, because I was on the outside lane. So, I had to swim a bit further than that. But then the cycling was really strong, which is my strongest point in triathlon. But unfortunately, I lost my water bottles on that 102 on the bike. So, I didn't have anything to drink for the 40k cycle. And then the last 10k run was just going flat out to survival. All right, and, and and you mentioned as well uh, when we were just chatting off air that that you've you've been battling with a bit of an injury. You haven't haven't been able to do too much on, on the running front, especially with regards to track and that sort of thing. Tell us a little bit about that, and and what's the sort of long term prognosis? Are you on the mend? I was in at the end of May when we had Africa Champs in Morocco. After that, I had a week break, and then I started training again. But then I got tendinitis in my fourth metatarsal of my left foot, so. The doctor booked me off three weeks from running and I had to do rehab and started running again like five minutes and six and then ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, holding it up. And then Lindsay thought of a clever plan instead of just running according to speed, I was running according to heart rate. So I think that also helped me a lot because I built my aerobic rate a lot bigger than what it used to do. So the injury was maybe a blessing in the sky. And, and then, Rudolf, let's talk about your, your upcoming season. You be, you're back home now after after London and, and looking ahead to, to the season here in South Africa. It's sort of just getting underway, but there's there's no BSG this year, unfortunately, with, with no sponsors. So that, that sprint series has unfortunately come to an end. What what are your plans for, for the season? Yeah, unfortunately, there's no more series for that. So sponsorships, the sponsors like the BSG series because you can give them a lot of exposure there, but... Currently now I'm on a three-week break since London and starting training again in October. Then I'll do the Africa Champs 50 on 50 in November, which is at Jensen. Then me and Eddie will do two African Cups, one in Kenya, and then the other one will be in Maputo. And finishing off this year with the Rockman, off Ironman sort of distance in Kanabao Park. All right, cool. So, fa- fairly busy season for you, anyway. And then, just looking ahead to to possibly next year, looking ahead to to Rio Olympics. I spoke to to Jill about it, and she was saying her her next big things Commonwealth Games. Is that something you're looking at at perhaps targeting? Yeah, Commonwealth Games. I would really love to go there, but unfortunately, at this point in time, my ranking is not well enough to go there because we've got great athletes: Richard Murray, Jan Sulvan, and Henry Skumon. All all of them are phenomenal athletes. And you can only choose three of your countries, so I think those three will take the slot. But I'm also doing a 70.3 in January just to see where I'm with that. If they take my life about three, four years' time, if I want to start focusing on that, I have a baseline to see what I need to improve and how the race went and work from there on. Okay, just to, to, to perhaps look at doing possibly slightly longer ones. And then Rudolf, just you, you talk about the the three guys who who are just doing phenomenally well, Richards, uh, Henry, and 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 Vian. For yourself, I mean, those guys, especially Richards and 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 Henry, have, have been racing on on the ITU circuit. Is that something that you're possibly looking at too? Is 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 maybe stepping up to to the elite and and going and racing and mixing it up with with perhaps the Brownleys or Javier Gomez and and just seeing how you 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 match with with those sort of guys. Yeah, I want to do that. That's because the two African Cups that I'm doing at the end of the year to get points so I can come onto the ITU circuit and not having to wait to get used as a substitute to enter the race. Because of my injury this year, I had four races in Europe planned, but due to the injury, I had to cancel that. So 
I'm still being, I'm still focusing on the ITU circuit. The half Ironman and the Rockman is just to get another point of view to see maybe that in the far future. But for the next four years, I'm really focusing on the ITU circuit. Cool. And then just lastly, I mean, just to give some, some advice to, to perhaps youngsters who are, are thinking of making the step up and, and, and maybe sort of following in your footsteps and, and racing those, those elite races, African Cup, and, and looking to get onto the ITU circuit, what advice could you give to someone who, who perhaps is, is maybe 14, 15 years old? They, they, they're pretty good, but they're not quite sure what they need to do to, to, to make that step up. Well, just the most important thing is the swimming because it's not it's hard to win a race on the swim, but you can definitely lose that on the swim if you're not in the front pack. And but for most of all, the most important thing for me is just to have go out there and have fun. If you don't enjoy it, then it mustn't travel mustn't work for you. You must enjoy it every day. So that's so I think the most important thing: go out, enjoy it, and give it your best. Yeah, I think I think that's cool advice, and and that doesn't just count for the youngsters too. I think that counts for everyone. Is make sure you you're heading out there and you are having a jewel because that's what it's all about. Rudolf Nordia, thank you so much for chatting to us today here on Try Talk SA. It's been an absolute pleasure. We look forward to chatting again soon, and, and hopefully we can chat after that 5150, the African Cup, and uh, you're on the podium at least, and, and we, can, we can talk about that result. Sure, thanks a lot, man. Well, here on Try Talk SA, we've chatted to some of the best South African athletes. I say, if not some of the best, we have chatted to the best South African athletes uh, in the country uh, and some of the best in the world over the last few weeks. And I've also tried to feature some real average athletes, guys and girls who are just doing their thing and, and working really hard at getting better and, and, and sort of just trying, their, or trying to find their feet rather in the sport of triathlon. And one that I've been wanting to feature quite a while here on the show is Q Labatsit. Q, welcome on to Try Talk SA. Thanks for, for chatting to us today. Thank you for having me. Q, you're, at the moment you're a full-time student. You were working full-time. You're on a bit of a, a year sabbatical to go back to school. Uh, you're doing your, your master's, or your honours rather, in sports management, I think you said. Is that correct? Yeah, that's 100% right. Yeah, taking a bit of a year off for 2013 and yeah, back into the workspace next year. Awesome stuff. Q, tell me a little bit about your journey into triathlon. I mean, it's it's one of those sports that people almost fall into by accident. They always tend to do one. They're either a runner, a cyclist, or a swimmer and just get roped into the other two disciplines. How did you get, in, get started? Well, I can tell you, I was no sort of athlete at all. Um, I was your typical sort of couch potato falling into Ironman type of person. Um, yeah, I was on my couch one day and I thought, you know, I, I saw this program on Supersport where they were talking about a bunch of guys that did the Ironman. And the one thing that the guy kept saying was, you know, anybody can do this. You at home, you sitting on your couch right now, you could do this. And I thought, you know what, actually, maybe I can. So that's where I was on my couch three years ago and decided, okay, next year I'm going to do Ironman. I started doing a 0 to 10K running program sort of the next week. Did my first 10-kilometer run, absolutely loved it. You know, did a 21-kilometer run and then sort of added up to, to doing the 70.3 last year um, and the year before that. And yeah, so hopefully next year we'll actually manage to tick off the Ironman box finally um, after chickening out two years in a row. So yeah, that's what we're building up towards. Okay, so you, you've done 70.3 in East London. I'm sure you've been told this before as well. I mean, 70.3 compared to Port Elizabeth is so much harder than Port Elizabeth. So I'm not going to let you chicken out of Port Elizabeth, uh, out of PE next year because I, I definitely think you can do it. So uh, there we go. The, the challenge has been set. I'm going to make it my mission to make sure that you get to Port Elizabeth next year. 
challenge accepted. I've, I've heard that rumor numerous times before, but, you know, you think of it as, as literally double the distance and you sort of, you know, you have a healthy respect for those, for those guys with their Iron Man tattoos and, you know, so <laughs> it's one of those things you kind of look at it from afar and go, gee, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Q, let me tell you, it, it's all a mental thing and that double the distance is, it's really daunting, yeah. but it's, it's such a mental thing and, and it's just, you've got to wrap your head around it. That's all it is because physically, if you can do a 70.3, it's literally three months more training of what you've done for 70.3 wow. and and you're you're in PE but you've just got to have that mental uh, bit wrapped around it you, you're studying sports management and that now have you always been sporty growing up you said you were a bit of a couch potato when you when you saw that program on telly and decided that Iron Man was on your bucket list but have, have you were you sporty growing up no, not not at all. I literally was in swimming squad in primary school, and that was about it. And then, of course, high school came along, and I was the one student that managed to miss every single cross-country race ever held at my high school. So I was very good at sort of avoiding that sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sports-wise, you know, I've always just loved sports. I love, you know, just sports in general. Anything from swimming to rugby to cricket to Bowling, even I find interesting, you know. So I just I love that sort of industry side of it. So I actually did my BCom in sports management as my undergrad, and you know ended up working in events and marketing. So this is just sort of my foray back into the sporting world, which is like my first love, absolutely. So okay. I'm I'm a very good couch coach. You know, I can let you know exactly who the next pitch for the final final should be this weekend or for the spring box. I'm a fabulous couch coach, but yeah, actually physically participating in it is a completely different story. So uh, <laughs> it's been a learning curve. And then you tell me, out of the three disciplines, you you said that you you swam squad in in primary school, but you avoided uh, cross country like the plague. What's your favorite of the three disciplines? What's your least favorite? You know, honestly, my favorite one is the run, and I'll tell you why because. I was told if I can walk seven kilometers per hour, I can finish 70.3. So the running part is always the one that I look forward to. And the work for me has to be, has to be the cycle. Um, I only got on my bicycle for the first time ever in 2011. So, you know, trying to go from, from, from no cycling experience at all to doing 70.3 was quite a learning curve. And we're still now learning how to cycle properly. And, and then, you know, there's a tri bar you have to think about. And it's, it's a lot of technicalities, I think, with cycling. As opposed to running, it's literally put your sneakers on, get out the door, you know, you're on it. So and, and definitely the, cycling my worst, and then the run was the best one. And, and then the swimming, the swimming, but you're obviously comfortable with it, but that freaks out a lot of people. I mean, that swim is just, especially if you don't have a, I mean, I, I swam swim squad in primary school as well, so I think I've got a, a bit of an advantage, which I'm, I probably feel that you, you do too, But and, and I don't get too freaked out yeah, about yeah. it, but what advice could you give to someone who's really nervous about, about the swim to, to wrap their head around that bit of it? Oh gosh, you know, swimming is, I think it's, it's just like we were saying earlier, it's completely just a mental game. And as soon as you start thinking about there's no bottom or there's nowhere for me to put my feet, that's sort of where the mind um, set goes out of it. And as a person, I do have a bit of an advantage because what I didn't tell you, my secret story, is that I was actually a lifeguard um, at my high school. We had a life-saving club. And we've had a lot of ocean swims down there in Jeffrey's Bay. So that's why I sort of learned to deal with the ocean and the whole, you know, not having to touch the size of the pool thing. So definitely an advantage to have some open water swimming experience. But, you know, anybody can learn. I mean, Bella Bella this past weekend, there was literally like thousands of people there. And there were guys that were dolphin diving because, you know, they can actually touch the bottom of the, of the water. So just mentally-wise, to try and get your head around that, I think that's the worst thing for beginners to get your head around the fact that you're in open water. And once you've got that done, then, you know, the sky's a limit, really.
Yeah, I think my my first my first open water swim was my first seventy point three, which was uh, in twenty eleven, and I didn't, I didn't actually give it any Get thought. The, the funny thing is, I literally didn't even think about. Hang on a sec, there's not going to be lines at the bottom, or I'm not going to be able to stand. It was just a, it just never crossed That's my it. mind because I'm comfortably in the water, and you know what? It's still not a big issue for me. I'm like, hey, it's cool. I know that if I can float, I'll be okay, and I can float. So <laughs> it's it's all good, I guess. No, I'm saying it really is just like a mental thing. You know, as long as you've got feet in front of you, you know, you can pretty much just get around the first boy and then concentrate on the next one, then the next one, then you're on the land. So just you focus on the feet in front of you and yeah, you're right. Cool. Q, I wanted to chat to you about stereotypes as well, if you don't mind. Triathlon, yeah, triathlon is a very, let's be honest, is a very white sport. You're a black woman. Yes. There's not many of you doing the sport. Yes. And, and, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you is because you, you are a pioneer. And I love seeing you out there and racing because it's just so cool. And, and I, wish, I wish there were more black people doing, doing triathlon. But obviously there are, are barriers to entry. And, and, and it's got to do with, with the past in this country that a lot of black folk didn't learn to swim. And, and it's, it's just really Absolutely. difficult. And, and, and I want to try and involve as many people as I can, and, and I'll encourage as much as I can. But from, from your perspective, I mean, what's the response been to, towards you doing triathlons? Like, how, how, how have people been to you in the, in the sort of triathlon circles? Uh, you know, people have been incredibly friendly, incredibly welcoming. You know, as soon as I sort of put my own stereotypes aside, and I was like, you know, because I mean, you know, triathlon is a fantastic sport and like you get people of all shapes and sizes coming through. And when I started, I was a good 10 kilograms heavier than I am right now. And I'm looking at all these, you know, super sleek Ironman guys with their tight pants and everything thinking, oh my Lord, what in the world am I doing here? You know, but the more I sort of did it, the more I worked out, the more um, races I did, the more sort of familiar I was getting with the culture and with the people there. And, you know, try to sleep with the nicest people you will ever meet. I mean, they're always willing to give you a helping hand, you know, help you change your tire, which, you know, is all you need on the side of the road, or just give you know, a friendly bit of advice about what's about training or whatever. So, you know, in terms of, you know, getting involved with it, they literally are the most friendliest people. I mean, a lot more friendlier than other sort of athletes. I'm not going to poke any fun at me, but <laughs> they are absolutely approachable and you know it's it's literally just getting out there triathlon for me the reason why i chose ironman specifically is because you know you can't really get another sort of definition of awesome than ironman you know so you say to somebody in the uk you've got an ironman or in africa or in america it means the exact same thing on every single continent so for me like i want to call that club you know that little exclusive little ironman you know club of the of all of these awesomely cool people so you know in terms of that yes it is an exclusive thing but the guys there are so welcoming and so incredibly happy happy to help and happy to you know see some new guys um getting on the circuit i mean they're so friendly to new even that that it's a fantastic sport and i love it um there was this one time i was I was dead last, I'm pretty sure, at 70.3 two years ago. And here I am running to the finish line. You know, they weren't packing up around me, but we felt like they were packing up around me. And Jodie Swallow, this woman that I've seen on television numerous times, was clapping her hands, going, come on, keep going, you're almost there at the finish. And I was thinking, geez, Louise, like which other sport in the world could you have the person that won the race four hours before he even got there, you know, cheering you on on the sidelines. It's absolutely incredible. And it's just that, that family that triathletes are, that's sort of the welcoming thing that, that attracted me to me, that's attracted it to me the most, I suppose. As a, as a black female, it has been sort of, you know, scary, 
easier year maybe than than the average person to get involved with the sport. But because I've fallen in love with it so much, I think it was a lot easier. And I mean, now there's there's lots of us doing it now. Sikile was out with Deliver this past weekend. Um, you know, there's Teddy Mujabe that also did the Ironman two years ago. So there's a lot of, of us black females getting involved with it. And if I can inspire one more person or two more people to just try it once, you know, I think I've done a, a, a fabulous job. So the more I keep doing it, the more races I participate in, the more black faces I see. And it makes me incredibly happy to see that you know, the sport is literally reaching all corners of the country at the moment. Yeah, I love that. And, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to chat to you as well, Q, that, that it's exactly that, that it's, it's a case of, I mean, you, you, you joke about triathletes being very, very friendly. I mean, I, I cycle with a lot of out-and-out cyclists, and they hate the triathletes. They think they're the most stuck-up. But a lot of it's got to do is they all got really good gear, and they're in tri-bars. But once you get to know the guys, triathletes are actually a hell of a nice bunch. And, and like you said, so willing to help. I mean, when I started, I was absolutely yeah. clueless. But it's a case of if you ask, people are more than willing to help you in transition and how do you set up and what do you do. And, and I love that about triathletes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a fabulous sport. It's a fabulous, fabulous community. And, and the seeing a girl is just, you know, it's such a, such a joy to be a girl in the country. Yeah, true. And then Ironman next year, that's, that's on the cards. That's uh, one of the goals. Long term, what do, you, what do you want to do? I mean, are you just going to do one or are you in this thing for life? Oh gosh, I've got no idea. To be honest with you, I've got this huge thing called Ironman on the 6th of April that I'm just focusing all my energy towards at the moment. Um, so I haven't really gone past it. Definitely comrades in the future. Um, I might be joining you as one of those crazy people doing comrades six weeks after Ironman, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, you know, anything ultra, anything extreme is, is definitely up my alley. So yeah, I think I'll be having a look and seeing what other ultra crazy things I could be doing with my with my spare time. I dig it. And then are you go, are you going back to seventy point three next year as well? Absolutely. I enjoyed that distance a lot. Um, you know, East London is just it's a bit of a mecca for, for triathletes and I love the energy in town. Um I'm, honestly I'm still wearing my athlete band from Sunday. I know I should take it off now, but you know, it's just that <laughs> it's that atmosphere that I just you know, you can't you can't miss it. And it's one of those bucket list thing for the for the year for me. Um, my whole family comes down from Botswana. We you know, hire a house down there. It's a long weekend for the family, and it's just awesome weather. This is me predicting now. Awesome weather, awesome beach weather, awesome triathlon weather, and it's, it's a very important weekend to get done. Yeah, especially cool. like we're saying, mainly for the four Ironman too. You know, it's just if you need to tick that box, it makes all the difference. Well, let me let me tell you, if you love the vibe in East London, the vibe in Port Elizabeth is about 100 times better. So uh, there uh, you go. I, I'm, I'm putting it there. Absolutely. And look, listen, as long as you're on the track with me, I can high-five you as you run past, you know, down the finish line in PE, I am 100% in. No, I'll, I've made that deal with you. I'll make sure that I'm there when you, when you if or well, that's if you don't beat me. But if, if I beat you, I'll make sure that, oh, no. that, I, <laughs> that I'm there on the red carpet. Q, it's, well, we'll see you on the 6th of April. Without a doubt. It's been awesome catching up. I think, I think you're inspiring. I love watching you race, and, and I look forward to seeing you down in East London, and I look forward to seeing you in Port Elizabeth and, and all the other races in between as well. Thanks for your time today. Thank you ever so much for your time, Brad. Appreciate it.
This week on Try Talk SA, uh, an interesting one. I actually chatted to Reynard Tissink for one of our sister podcasts, Run Talk SA, and the whole interview is on runtalksa.co.za forward slash 17. You may or may not know, but Ray Tissink has decided he's running Comrades in 2014, and that's what that interview was about. I did ask Ray a little bit about triathlon as well, and if he's uh, pretty much called it a day or if uh, there could be a comeback in the future when it comes to triathlon, and this is what, what Ray had to say. Um, yeah, look, there, there comes a time when, when you do have to, to make the, the, the right choice. Um, you know, my kids, my son went to high school in the year I decided to, to hang it up. Um, traveling just got difficult. Uh, you know, I, I think from a performance point of view, I probably still could have been competitive for, for a year or two longer, but, um, no, I, I had achieved everything um, that I needed to. You know, maybe one or two wins uh, might have might have been a bit nicer, but um, you know, would it have made a big difference? And um, probably not. So, yeah, you know, I think it was it was the right time to move on. And I'm still involved, you know, with the coaching now, trying to help um, the generation, you know, try and make a living out of it. Um, Diane McEwen is trying to, you know, trying to make it to the top step in the sport. Carl Buckingham wants to go professional, and, and he's um, made huge improvements over the last year. So I'm still involved in some way in, in trying to, to help other guys achieve at, at the sport and at, at Ironman distance. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to still be involved in some way. And, and as far as your, your greatest achievement in, in triathlon, what would, you, what would you say it is? Oh, it's really hard to say. Uh, winning a race is, is always fantastic. So... I would have to probably say for winning the first Ironman South Africa um, in 2005 was was quite an achievement. Um, you know, having all the the South African crowds there, PE is all very well supported. So you know, being able to do it there in front of all those people, in front of all the South Africans, and and probably making them more aware of of the sport and you know the South African ability. To, to perform well at, at an international event. It probably has to be one of my favorite moments. Well, that's it for another episode of Try Talk SA. I hope you enjoyed the show. Jam-packed, very busy, uh, slightly longer than normal. I hope you don't mind, but uh, lots of info and lots of cool stories on this week's show as well. Uh, and don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can tweet us at Try Talk SA. Let me know your thoughts on the show. You can also pop us a Facebook message if you'd like or like us on Facebook too. Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash Try Talk SA. Or if you'd like, pop me an email, podcast at trytalksa.co.za. That's the email address. You can let me know uh, about the blogs, the triathlon blogs here in South Africa. If you know of anyone who blogs or perhaps you do about your triathlon journey, pop me an email. Let me know the links, podcast at tritalksa.co.za. I'd also love your feedback with regards to our migration to SoundCloud. Uh, Has it made your life a little bit easier? Uh, I'd love to know that. Hopefully it has. Uh, I'm really excited about the change and, and hopefully you will be too. So until next week, have yourself a superb week. From myself, Brad Brown. Cheers.